not happen for an age. What's that? Tis a gathering. Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 59 of the podcast and we've got a very exciting one uh, coming up on the podcast today because it's a very unusual sized tournament and, and I don't mean in terms of the number of uh, people going, although it is actually quite unusual uh, because there's, there's quite a lot of people going to this tournament. This is one of the bigger, if not the biggest GBHL, uh, Great British Hobbit League tournament in the UK at the moment. Um, there are plenty of tournaments that are on a similar sort of size, um, uh, but uh, not all uh, GBHL uh, tournaments. Uh, there's Articon that's bigger, of course, that sort of stuff. But uh, this is Into the West, and uh, I, I think it was promised 100 and something, uh, maybe over 110 players. I think uh, at the last counting, just before it uh, went ahead, I think it's uh, a few people have dropped out and things like that, so it's probably under 100. But either way, uh, certainly one of the biggest. Um, but uh, it's not unusual necessarily because of that, um, although that is, of course, rare. It's most unusual because it's got a very, very small points limit. This is definitely one of the smallest points limit tournaments I've ever been to. And it's it's great. It's great because it really just, A, you think about different um, lists, think about different models. It becomes a different kind of competitive ball game because you're expecting maybe to come up to less big heroes, big monsters, all that sort of stuff. It's really exciting. This is 450 points, this tournament. Uh, really excited in Wales as well. Uh, it's due to be really hot this weekend so uh, great for that um, it should be a bit of fun a long journey ahead a uh, long interesting podcast ahead and hopefully plenty of games plenty of interesting uh, conversations to have with uh, opponents and who knows maybe I'll have a good chance at winning uh, my kind of positive win uh, loss ratio once more uh, in this podcast but I'm not going to be taking the Easterlings along I'll explain more about why in a second because it's time to yeah, we're building an army, and it is literally for Mordor this time. And um, so, this is a, a tournament where you can bring both good and evil models to the tournament uh, uh, or list to the tournament. Um, and if you uh, are playing against evil and you have a good army, uh, you will, uh, you know, if you, sorry, you have both a good and an evil army and you're playing against evil, you'll always play your good and vice versa. Um, I, I was very, very close to taking uh, a good and an evil army. Um, I really wanted to bring um, Ents, three Ents, but... Um, Practical—it was practicalities actually. Um, there was uh, some extenuating circumstances, which meant that uh, I, I could only take one box um, on the journey, and I didn't have time to pack it, and didn't all. That. It was just a bit of a faff, so uh, I didn't decide the ent. And I know it's a tragedy because Entmoot has never yet taken ents to a tournament. Um, which really is a bit of a faux pas. Uh, maybe I'll do it for the 100th episode or something like that. Um, but I, I was going to take Treebeard, Quickbeam and an Ent as my good army. Um, and I, I think it would have been really fun uh, to play with those uh, at the, this points level. But uh, alas, I haven't done that. I have taken just an evil army and I know uh, regular listeners will know I've I've got a penchant for the evil side of things. I mean, it's the Fellowship of the Ring pretty much. Uh, dwarves once upon a time. Um, or evil, um, and I'm going with evil. And it's uh, the reason I've chosen this one is because 
I had some success with this, or sort of success. I thought the list worked quite well when I used it, oh, I don't know when it was, it must have been a year and a half ago, in uh, Seventh City Collectibles for their uh, Gates of Gondolin tournament. I think it was the first one after COVID. Uh, and I took a Kirith Unglforce. And this was before the Quest of the Ringbearer. So this was um, a, a thematic force, which included Chilob and a, a Ringwraith and uh, Gorbane Shagrat. And I think it was about 700 points or thereabouts. But at 450 points, I thought maybe this new Legion has some potential to it. So that's what I did. I've brought 450 points worth of uh, Shagrat, Gorbag, and other goodies. So let's delve into the list. I've got Shagrat with all his kit. So he's got that shield that knocks people down, uh, and he's got the heavy armor, so he's an absolute beat stick. 115 points, and an absolute bargain at 115 points, right? Like, he's so good. He's so good, such such good value, 115 points, uh, and you get so many things with him, blood and glory, you get the knockdown, uh, you know, you don't have that big cavalry base, so you're not uh, easily trapped, you've got the strike, you've got strength five, uh, he's just... He's just absolutely awesome. So, uh, Shangra, I haven't used him very much, so I'm really looking forward to using him. And I've got a conversion uh, where I had the uh, the old uh, model where he had the shiny shirt, and I chopped the shiny shirt off um, and basically kind of cut the, the actual the hand with the uh, holding the mithril uh, jacket off and replaced it with one of the hands from the uh, Urukai Siege um, siege kit, uh, guys, because I just have too many of those guys. That no, they're, they're ugly, horrible models, and they're not really useful as anything. So I chopped one of them up, uh, stuck the hand on there uh, to replace the shiny thing, and then on the pointy hand, I glued a massive shield, which I made out of a spare button from my uh, sewing box, and uh, a bit of green stuff, and a sort of pointy end of a spear. I, th- I can't remember where the spear is from. It's from an old um, Warhammer Fantasy model that I've still got lots and lots of bits uh, tucked away in a box. So so really cool conversion, really liked it. I think it was probably, um, I think I used it in the video that I have on my YouTube channel, Battle Games in Middle-Earth. Uh, I've got a, a video of how I built Kirith Ungle and uh, Shagrat features in that a little bit as well. So really looking forward to using this model again. Uh, last time I used it was a very long time ago, as I said, a couple of years ago, and it wasn't in the Legendary Legion. So uh, anyway, carrying on from there, Shagrat, um, he has to have Mordor Urukais in his warband, and I've got nine of them. Um, I think this may be a little too many um, as a percentage, but I'll explain why I've got so many uh, at the moment uh, and why I don't think um, this. Uh, why I think this might be too many uh, when I've gotten through the rest of the army. Um, so uh, they've all got shields. So nine Urukai, uh, Mordor Urukai with shields. You can't give them the spears. I did think about bows, but decided with orc bows, they're just hitting on fours. You mean you Urukai? You fight four guys are sort of hanging around slowly at the back. I just, I just thought it wasn't really worth it. Um, so. I, I, I didn't bother. Um, and Gorbag uh, is the next uh, next guy. So we've done Warband 1. Gorbag is leading Warband 2. He's got a shield. He's 60 points. He's just such good value for 60 points. This is the second strike in the list. Uh, and he's got that really cool special rule where you uh, he gets an extra attack and an extra fight value. So he goes from fight 4 to fight 5 if he's in combat with more than one model. Lovely rule. Uh, put, make, I really like that it forces you into circumstances where you don't really have the upper hand. Because often you're charging into, say, two guys supported by two guys. Because you want the fight 5 and the extra attack. And maybe you're putting a spear behind him. But it means that you're still four dice against four dice and um, so it's it's a bit of a risky situation but i feel like that's such a gore bag thing to do so i love that 
Um, uh, so Gorbag is uh, leading it, and of course he has strike as well, three points of mine, all that sort of stuff. He's good. Um, and there's some other special. Oh yeah, the, the Legion special rules that I haven't mentioned yet. But I'll get into that in a second. Uh, he is leading a warband of orcs because he has to lead orcs. He's not allowed to have any orc in his warband. He has seven orcs with shield and spear, four orcs with spear, and one orc with banner and a shield. Now, obviously, I've gone with a lot of shields and spears. Um, I wanted to. Uh, it's just the way the points landed, but I thought the more spears I have, the better off I am with sort of supporting the Mordor Urukai and uh, so on. And it just just the maths actually just worked out like this. This is the maximum number of orcs I can have because both of these heroes are heroes of fortitude. And as I said earlier, I think you probably want more orcs. Uh, I just feel like I don't have enough orcs here um, because the one of the bo- big bonuses of this legion is that you get the animosity special rule if you have an orc and an urukai in combat, uh, and they have to be base to base, not spear supporting. So I, I wish I had more, um, but this is eleven orcs uh, plus a banner, so he'll be hanging around at the back, um, and nine urukai. I feel like you probably need. I don't know, I think you probably need twice as many orcs as Urukai to make it really sing, but um, maybe I'm wrong there. Uh, let me know, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, uh, so that's the second warband, which leaves a 90-point-shaped hole in the rest of the list, which is, of course, filled by Shelob. Um, I did consider bringing an orc captain to fill out those orcs that I think potentially you need, Um but then I just feel like it would have a sw- it would be a kind of slightly weak swarm because um, I think you'd get what um, one orc captain at fifty points or thereabouts, and then I don't know you get sort of eight eight or thereabouts um, orcs, so you'd bumping up to sort of thirty models, but still didn't feel that strong. Uh, that it didn't doesn't feel hoardy enough uh, to justify the extra orcs. Um, and I don't really have any big hitters that way other than Shagrat, and there'd be a lot of focus on Shagrat uh, if that was the case. So drop a Shelob in there, and it just completely transforms the list, doesn't it? Like, it becomes a really, really scary potential list, like where you've got two strikers and a fight seven uh, spider that is just an absolute tank. There's a lot of movement there, so there's objective grabbing potential. There's the huge threat, and of course, 450 points. There's not a lot of heroes that can uh, take on Shelob in a round of combat two or three times. Like, Shelob will absolutely survive against almost anything. I mean, even if you charge against Aragorn, um, you know, you, you're not going to you're not gonna die that turn unless you're incredibly unlucky. And, you know, you could probably cop a charge or two from Aragorn and, and still, still be kicking about after a couple of turns, which is very frustrating for 90 points against, you know, a, a big hero like him. So I, I really rate this list. I've got 24 models, no bows. Uh, obviously, the weaknesses here, defense five. Uh, that's not good. But it's cool, it's cool. And of course, I've got to, I've touched on some of the Legion bonuses, one of which is the animosity, which is pretty good. But also, you get this kill tally thing with Shagra and Gorbag, where uh, whoever, basically, if you keep track of their kills, and whoever has the least kills um, gets to re roll a dice in combat. So, uh, like an extra banner effect, which is really cool for the uh, the sort of hero that's lagging behind. Um, Shelob gets some bonuses. Um, you get an extra attack if you're um, against elves, dwarves, men, and hobbits, I believe it is. Uh, sort of, she craves sweeter meats, which is a special rule, which is really cool. Uh, and you can also sacrifice orcs to uh, get uh, basically re-roll all your dual rolls um, for Shelob as well. Um, you have to do it at the start of your move phase, so you have to plan it quite far ahead. But, I mean, there's potential there, although, as I've mentioned already, 
relatively lower numbers. I mean, 24 models at 450 and a defence of five generally, it it's going to kind of spiral out of control if I'm not very careful. And, you know, especially against bow heavy armies, I, I'm, I don't rate my chances because, you know, if, even if, especially elven bows. I mean, I, I think I always say this in the podcast. I don't fancy facing elven bows, but I think this is particularly uh, going to struggle against elven bows or, you know, corsairs or, I mean, corsairs with throwing weapons of strength three, wounding on fives. That'll be an absolute horrendous thing. I mean, any throwing weapon heavy army, uh, you know, Rohan armies with throwing spears, uh, corsairs, um and, and elves, especially sort of elves with lots of throwing daggers and stuff like that. I'm going to struggle against most of these things, but uh, I do like the fact that I've got some big heroes, um, a big monster. I've got the, the, the objective grabbing potential of the orcs and shelob as well with the speed. I think this could be quite fun, and I, I did all right with it when it didn't have... Um, uh, the, the legion bonuses yes it did have a ring wraith so it had a bit of extra uh, sort of control but ah, I like it 450 points we'll see how it goes with that in mind uh, we'll obviously take it on a journey later on in the podcast but first it's time to delve into the email inbox bag and find out the riddles of the dark Yes, that's right. It's the time of the podcast where we play a clip from the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movies and you have to tell me who speaks next and what they say that's the riddle in the dark. Um, so let's let's uh, have a bit of a quick listen to uh, the, I think it's the previous episode's uh, riddle now. So a couple of episodes ago I played a clip and because it's been a bit quick for the last two episodes uh, I just gave you an extra week or so. So this is what the riddle was next. Who speaks next? What do they say? <laughs> Okay, that's the sound that you're trying to decipher. You're trying to work out who is speaking next. Let's have a quick look at the email inbox. And, you know, it might not just be about the uh, riddle. There's other things to talk about too. So, for example, uh, Sam Hoodie uh, mentioned in the last podcast, um, he uh, said, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, he didn't have a guess, actually. He, he thinks he can hear a troll and someone yelling, but, yelling, but he can't picture where it comes from. Sorry, Sam, uh, apologies for showcasing your lack of uh, quality there <laughs> once more. Now, Geordie messaging, uh, we mentioned this in the last episode. He says it's in the scene of the Battle of the Five Armies. Yes, so it's a Hobbit film. This is probably why not many of you got in touch this time, uh, where someone is wrecking house on a bunch of orcs and he's surrounded in states, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. You've got the right uh, right situation you got the right person well done um now i believe uh who's this then we've got oh, I've, I've, I've got a load of emails from soundcloud here we go uh, joe gore love the Entmoot podcast he says great fun to listen to you've helped me back into sbg which i haven't been involved in since it was return of the king wow that's a long time ago um you have got an answer to the riddle uh you say riddle took me a while but eventually i found the film clip where someone says blah 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 before casually crumping another orc with his hammer uh you are absolutely right uh joe uh, well done you've got it correct thank you for getting in touch uh and you also say i'm building up a last alliance barrett door army at the moment the idea being sauron and as many orcs as i can uh, as i can afford what's on me about from full commitment is my experience playing other game systems i play warmer fantasy and 40k as well and have found when some models appear on the table you just know it's not going to be a fun game sauron strikes me that he could be like that 
What are your thoughts slash experience? Well, Joe, if you want to delve back into the archive, feel free to, because in my very early podcast, I used Sauron quite a few times. The very first episode, I had Sauron, a Witch King, and a, another Fell Beast. Uh, and I think... I can't remember what number it was, but uh, it was the scouring of Stirlingshire, um, where I ran a sort of more normal uh, army. It had uh, Sauron, uh, a catapult, and a load of other orky um, black Numenorians and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think I, I understand why you would think that that the you know having a supermodel like. Sauron might make it unfun but you remember you're comparing SBG to Warhammer Fantasy and 40k which are in my eyes some of the least fun games to play uh, ever these days I mean I used to love 40k you listen, uh, uh, to be fair I've, I've never properly played fantasy I used to love uh, Sigma a bit when it started but uh, both have become games where you uh, put a big model on the game uh, or three of the same big model on the table and um, put down three sort of special moves or cards or stratagems or whatever and everything moves forwards and kills all your army in, in one go and you remove half your army and it's all sad times and nobody likes playing against you because you're a salty, cheesy bugger. That's not the case in SPG. Yes, of course, there are lists that are better than others in the hands of the right people, but Sauron, I don't think, is one of those people. And the way, the reason, the, the main reason, really, is that the scenario system is very good in SPG. So Sauron may well uh, absolutely destroy your army, but he can't sit on all the objectives and he can't uh, do everything at once. Um, so Sauron is good in, for example, Lords of Battle. He's good in Contest of Champions, all these sorts of uh, missions. But the other 16, you know, everyone else has a fair chance. You can avoid him. And to be fair, I've, I've played games where Sauron, he, he can die. I played against uh, Kalman. Uh, Kalman once uh, he's a, a very good Iron Hills player uh, hi Kalman if you're listening um, and he absolutely destroyed uh, Sauron he had Dane and some other dwarves and just absolutely took him to town and uh, you just deal a lot of runes to him and he can go down Sauron can of course be very frustrating to play against because you surround him with 20 guys and if he rolls his 5 dice or 4 dice I can't remember it's 5, five isn't it uh, and he gets his 6 which I suppose he's I think it's four dice, isn't it? He gets his six, which he does about half the time, um, statistically, plus the might. Then he can kill every single person who's in base contact with him and all the spear supports in one go. It doesn't happen very often, but it can be a little frustrating for some people. Don't let that put you off, because he's really fun to play. Uh, There's games that where I've had so much fun using him, there's games where people have played against me and they've had a lot of fun too. Um, if you're looking to have a fun game, you will have a fun game. Um, if you're looking to be cheesy and, you know, try and be super competitive, ultra competitive, uh, maybe Sauron would be frustrating if you did that, but I can't see it happening, in my fu- if I'm honest. Put him down on the table, you'll have a lot of fun. Uh, I promise. I promise you will. I, don't, don't let um, the idea of it being a big model put you off. Uh, although, having said that, Never take Smaug, because Smaug sucks. Uh, anyway, um, that's that's my uh, two pence worth. Uh, so, Joe, thank you so much for, for getting in touch. Let me know how Sauron fares if you do uh, use him in a tournament or uh, play against uh, some people with him, and uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, now, uh, James Boswell has been in touch. We had a conversation, James. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you're from New Zealand, uh, and you wanted to get in touch about uh, an SBG app. 
that you have made and I, I have looked at this I've encountered it before it was shared on the groups a while back and it looks proper snazzy I must say this app um, uh, I'll just read a message first hi Harry thought I'd reach out to you see if you would consider taking a look at an app I've made from MESBG it tracks your army's heroes uh, uh, your army's hero stats during games instead of using pen and paper etc it also calculates breakpoint as you go let's track uh, and lets you track other things like kills and etc etc I play and worked on it uh, I play it and worked on it for myself and my friend suggested I make it public which has been an expensive exercise but here we are lol uh, you can get a month free to try the app on iOS or Android uh, and um, uh, James says he, he really enjoys the content and a friend suggested he gets in touch and and I know uh, James uh, this is really cool I know people have used this I know uh, someone uh, Nathan Talbot listener uh, is trying it out um, I, I haven't spoken to him yet about what he thinks to it um, but I know some people really like this sort of stuff I know a lot of people have tried apps um, and they, they get on really well with them um, I know there are some free apps out there that uh, I, I know a guy, Matt Wielding, who has been on the podcast before. In fact, he's been on the receiving end of Sauron before. Um, he has made a, a sort of rudimentary Android app. Uh, I know people have used a, a, there's a battle company app kicking about as well. Um, I, 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 you know what? I don't know what the name of this is, James. I'm really sorry. I've lost the the, the original. Uh, I copied and pasted this into my emails. There is a, um, I believe uh, that it's it's one of the more common ones oh, wait, 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 what have I done with it I'm so sorry I've, I've, I've completely lost this um, this the, this original message that you sent to me um, either way it, it's, it looks really cool oh okay I found it I found it excuse me uh, let me uh, just twiddle your thumbs for a second while I find this this is this is not this is obviously great content um, but 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 there it is right it's called throne dice I think it's called uh, yeah the, it's just called MESBG tracker great I spent all that time looking for it and it's just called that and it's by throne dice limited um, and I have looked at it uh, it basically get a free month um, for the first month and I think it's a dollar or 99p or whatever it is um, per month after that and I, I've, I said to you James personally I don't like these things myself um, I drive away to tournaments I use my phone as a uh, sat nav I don't have battery to, uh, to spare basically um, and I honestly find it handy having bits of paper where I can write down especially for the podcast I can write down scores or I can write down people's names uh, I can keep a track of other people's uh, kill points and uh, break points and heroes and uh, and you know objectives and all these sorts of things so uh, I, I think unless you can squeeze all of those things into an app that is easy to use uh, it's probably not going to be pen and paper for me having said that some people just love tech and they love apps and uh, if it's all on your phone, um, then maybe it's for you. Maybe you, you like something a bit neater than having scrawled uh, stuff on the thing. But I just I hate the idea of I'm, I've got to have uh, for work. I have to have a, a six digit pin code on my phone. Uh, and, you know, you try and get your face ID and you, you smile and it all goes wrong anyway. So the idea of having to unlock my phone after every kill um, just to add a, a person which I could have scribbled on a bit of paper. Um, it, it just it would send me absolutely nuts. But, uh, James, uh, I, I realize you've put an awful lot of time into this and people in New Zealand seem to really get on with it um, so I'm happy to give it a shout out 
Um, if people are interested in this, uh, James has made a kind offer to uh, to give some uh, sort of uh, extra months, um, extra months basically uh, free to give you a bit more time to try it. Um, but obviously, it cost a lot of money for him to get it onto the iOS store. Apparently, iOS charges hundreds of dollars or something to get it on the store. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's he wants to get some of that back. So, uh, feel free to try and support it. Let me know if you uh, fancy a bit of a test out with it. Uh, but James, thank you so much for getting in touch. Um, so that was all very big sidetrack from the uh, the riddles. Um, let's go back to Joe Gore. He says, the riddle took me a while, but eventually found the film clip where Dane says, hey cousin, what took you so long? Before casually crumping another walk with his hammer. So uh, all of that, mo- very little riddle related stuff, but that's okay. We read some emails. You vaguely remember what the clip was. It sounded something like this, but now we've got Dane on the end saying something interesting. So here we go. This was the Riddle in the Dark's answer for this episode. <laughs> There you go. Okay. Well, well done to everyone who did get that correct. Uh, Let's find another clip from the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movies and see if you can work out who speaks next and what they say. Hmm. I wonder... I wonder who could this be now. Uh, have a have another listen. Have another listen to think of the the sounds and the music and all these sorts of things. Who could be speaking next, and what do they say? Entmootpodcast at gmail If you think you know who speaks next. And what they say in this Riddle in the Dark, we'll find out the answer uh, in probably a couple of episodes' time. It depends how long it takes for me to get the next episode uploaded. But either way, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. And as you heard in that elongated Riddles in the Dark section, lots of comments about lots of other different things. Let me know about uh, your thoughts on anything uh, SBG-related always keen to read out any comments and uh, give you a mention and uh, i always re- appreciate your support so thank you so much right with that in mind we've got a army of uh, gorbag shagra and shelob ready to have some fun let's go to the tables Here, mr robo where are you off to stop. i'm already late late for what I'm going on an adventure! So game one uh, against Adam Button playing Lords of Battle, uh, the first round of Into the West. And um, let's first of all, Adam, just, just give us a summary of your army, because actually you've brought two, but of course I've only got an evil army, so you had to play your good. What was your good? Yep, so my good army for today was the return of the King Legendary Legion. So I've got Aragorn and the King of the Dead, both leading warbands of six Warriors of the Dead, all with shields, and then five spears in each. Right, okay, so there's, there's quite a lot of scary stuff here, and you're up against an army with pretty low courage. What, what did you think going in? Did you expect to win, lose? What, what was your plan? I expected to probably do slightly better than have done, just because of the courage of the Orcs being not overly great, but dice being dice is what it is. Um, and usually the army dead perform quite well against Orcs, but particularly Shelob caused me some challenges in that one, but it was really good fun. Um, so yeah, the, I was fairly confident, but I'll say it was an interesting game. It was a brilliant one. Yeah, what was your plan then? 
So the Army of the Dead, the way I tend to run it is you try and stick together in a big lump pretty much. Um, so keep yourself with the banner reroll from Aragorn and the Harbinger of Evil from the King. And then the Army of the Dead generally have to try and survive long enough for Aragorn and the King to start whittling down the opposing army. Yeah. Um, so that was the game plan I had and they say it usually works quite well it's an interesting one it's fair to say um your your dice rolls for aragorn and the king of the dead early on were pretty poor i think the king of the dead throughout the whole game i don't think he killed anything he managed to get gorbag in that last oh, turn yes he did yes but other than that no he didn't do he didn't do an awful lot i say i had the bad wound rolls with my heroes and then you had the courage tests with a lot of your orcs yeah the um, courage test was it was pretty brutal actually because uh, my orcs of course down to courage one with the harbinger of evil down so I mean, they almost never got into a combat. The first turn in particular, I think I got charged by... It was kind of a stilted charge yeah. because there was a sort of... Uh, the lines were slightly off at, uh, off at an angle. So you had a big charge with um, onto one end. And I was, usually I'd be thinking, OK, I'll just wrap in, I'll yeah. pick all the combats, I'll trap and I'll surround. And I'll actually, I thought I would have had the upper hand there. Yeah. But literally no, no one, including my heroes, uh, passed the crochet. Yeah, no one else yeah, no, Shelob was standing there going, yeah, no, I'll leave the, I'll leave the Orcs to fight for then. Um, but then say those, even though you didn't get them in in that round, the later rounds where you did get them in, you were then doing a lot of damage. Like You were chewing through those Warriors yeah. of the Dead so quickly. Yeah, the animosity really paid off here. Uh, uh, having the plus one to wound on, uh, on, particularly the heroes, I think, was the main thing. Like having well, Shagrat wounding on fours against yeah. a lot of my guys was, yeah, it was pretty absolutely hard. brutal, yeah. especially with the knock to the ground. Yeah, with the knock so. to the ground. So it's fives, it down to, well, it's, it was fives, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was six I, dice. Six dice. He was, he was definitely guaranteeing a, a couple of uh, dead guys if you call heroic combats and things like that uh, but I think it's fair to say if, if Aragorn hadn't stu stuttered so early on yeah. there would have been a lot less orcs on the table and therefore I would have broken a lot quicker well, which could have ended the game a lot sooner yeah well with the harbinger of evil on the king if I can get my army opponents to a breaking point mm. especially with orcs being what courage two and one at that point yeah it quickly whittles down and that's the thing with this army I can't take significant casualties whilst also not doing that damage back yeah. you have to kind of have a fairly even trade which didn't really come yeah. about um, but hey, dice rolls are dice rolls at the end well, of the day, and it was well, still a good one. I think we did we did pretty much have an even trade, but of course your, your guys are worth a lot more uh, yeah. than mine. But I think the, the early turns in particular, there was, um, uh, I think the second turn, Gorbag got in combat with one guy yeah. and had an Ur Mordor Urukai in there as well, and maybe another Mordor Urukai, called the Horek Combat, and we have these secret missions, both of us chose the same one to do it, uh, all of our heroes to call a Horek Combat or strike in a turn. And so we both did that, which was pretty cool, but Gorbag killed that one guy and then charged and killed another guy pretty yeah. early on. Shagrat was the same, uh, he churned through one or two guys a turn, and, and because... all you need to do with this against this army, because I've only got 14 models, yeah, exactly. so you start chewing through, and when I'm not doing significant damage in retaliation, yeah that's where things get a bit more difficult. Yeah, when Aragorn got going, he was killing two or three people a turn, which you expect, but it was just a bit too late. Uh, and, and by that, that point, uh, the, the Chagrat and Gorbag had done enough work to just about get in the break point. Shelob was reliably killing one a, one a turn or maybe two occasionally, um, but it, it, was, it was pretty much down to that, wasn't it? The Aragorn yeah, failing to, to get going and, and just, just enough uh, to survive the broken, because right at the end, I was just one model off being broken. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the thing, like if um, with Aragorn then I don't have enough models to stop him getting really outnumbered and trapped and getting banner rerolls in there for him. So that then makes it even harder and relying on rolling sixes, yeah. which um, five, five and two ones isn't quite going to cut yeah, it when it, you're outnumbered like that. It's really dis it's really disheartening when you've got three dice to get the six. So I think the chance is about 40% or yeah. 45 or something like that. So you, you just, 
you know, waiting essentially for to whiff the combat. And when when you did whiff it, yeah. uh, I had Shagrat, uh, Urukai, and some orcs. So I had all the animosity, strength five. He just went down in one go. Yeah, knocked to the ground. So there wasn't much I could do about it. Didn't have any might at that point. He was having to burn them early to stop himself dying and winning fights. Yeah. So. Exactly. This is just the, the way it's ended up. It was it was a tricky matchup. I, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't confident, if I'm honest, going into it. I thought I really have to rely on Shelob, Shagrat and Gorbag to do the work. And the first turn I was really worried because I'd failed so many courage checks on the heroes as well as the orcs yeah. that I was worried that this was going to be one-sided. But uh, I think I got a little bit lucky uh, the fact that my guys were, yes, kept out because I suppose it's statistically likely that they're going to be kept out of combat half the time. But... I got lucky that you didn't get enough kills to, to yeah, match the tally. Yeah, I capitalise on that lack okay. of courage, and that okay. was just trying to, but just didn't quite manage to pull through on it. And by that point, yep, Shelob, Shagrat can pick off those guys just to whittle me so, down. Yeah, exactly. And then the king's standing there like, I try! Yeah. They got so close to killing Shelob at that point as well. Yeah, yeah. Just needed one four plus on two dice, and he yeah. would have absolutely one-shot Shelob, which would have been quite an epic finish, because especially getting Gorbag in the next turn. Yeah. Would have been like killing off two of the characters, would yeah. have been quite a nice finish for him. It would and would have tipped the points then to to it would have been, it would have taken off six we wounds exactly and yeah. equal, weren't we, I at was, the end? Yeah, uh, so because Shelob's of course six six wounds, uh, that would have pushed you into winning the Lords of Battle. So you'd have got I think three uh, on the Lords of Battle. Then you wouldn't have doubled you, me. Yeah. So at that point, I think you would have still won by a point. But it would have been a closer one. I think, I, well, if you'd have killed, I mean, this is all what ifs. But if you'd yeah. have killed Shelob, it would I would have pro also been on the break point as well. So ah, it would have only taken okay. one orc. So uh, either way, and it, it was it, a close one. It, it could was, have swung either way. It was very close, but. I'm proud to say I got a 5-1 victory. So it was purely down to the three for breaking and being unbroken and having killed Aragorn. And Shagrad did take a wound off uh, earlier on. But uh, I think uh, maybe I could have spent the, the third fate on that and I would have avoided it. But either way, a 5-1 victory. I think yeah, at least you got some VPs because it was well deserved. Yeah, no, at least got, at least got one I'm on the tally. And let's see what happens in the next one. I'm intrigued now. See whether they get the trolls out or keep with the army of the dead. Yeah, yeah just finally, what your other army is an Angmar force I've never seen before, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so my other force is an Angmar one. Not going into the Angmar army bonus at all because no spirits. But I've got um, Bahar, the troll chieftain, three cave trolls, um, two with hammers, one with a spear because a bit of variety is always nice. Then got the Wild Wag Chieftain and three Wags. So each of the Chieftains with their minions. Um, just something a little bit different. I usually run a War Mamuk, so it's quite nice running big monsters that are slightly more unusual. So I'm quite enjoying that one. Well, best of luck with it, Adam. Uh, yeah, have a, have a great rest of the tournament. Cheers. Thanks yeah, for talking no. to me. Thank you very much. So game number two, Into the West, uh, playing against a familiar voice of the podcast. I think it was uh, Articon that we last played, but we've also played at uh, Scouring of Cheshire, I think, before in the past somewhere. Uh, it's Neil McLaughlin. Uh, greetings. Welcome to the podcast. And it's a similar army to something we played before. What have you got with me? Uh, I've got a Helm's Guard. I've just got Helm and a Captain on foot. Uh, and 22 bodies around him, so 20 models in total. Yeah, absolutely, and a nice mixture of things. You've got a couple of Royal Guard on horse, mostly on foot, though, and a couple of outriders. So what, what's the thinking behind that? Because often you'd see Helm's Guard with more riders. I actually think uh, Helm's Guard's an infantry list, uh, really making the most of the Fight 5 and the spear support, and mass throwing spears is just uh, really strong. So uh, I, think, I feel like infantry is a lot stronger in the Legion. Fair enough. Uh, destroy the supplies is the mission, and... What, what did you sort of think when you came up against the Kirithungal list? Uh, I think I was really scared of Shelob, to be honest, because she can knock out pretty much anything in my army uh, on the charge, especially Helm's not that happy about it. So um, I was a little bit worried about Shelob. The other stuff I knew I could sort of deal with, it went all right. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Shelob, the big thing. And, and 
to be fair, you did put a lot of effort into killing Shelob when you had the chance, and I think it was five wounds that you took off in one turn with uh, with Helm, which took a couple of points of might off off Helm's actual store of might. Which do you think that was the right play? Um, I, I think removing Shelob was a good idea. I had to do a combat strike to do that, um, and she wasn't trapped, so I did take a little bit of a risk. But I wanted to take her down because otherwise she just she doesn't flee. She doesn't flee. Yeah. Um, so I just needed to actually just wound her and. I thought I saw the opportunity to remove her early and I went for it. Yeah, and absolutely that next turn she had one wound, one will left, uh, and of course it meant you had to get the call the roll off for the uh, uh, for the move again. So still whittling away at your might store, which although you have unlimited might on uh, Helm and he's got the free heroic combats, it, it just kept chopping away at your stuff. So your resources were quite low, which I think played a big role as we got into the late game. Yeah, I think that's correct. I think it was a, it was an immensely close game. It looked like it was going my way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, eventually, um, literally by Helm failing two combats against two Kai, two turns in a row, um, you beat me 8 6, didn't you? Yeah, it, it, I mean, the scoreline is it, close, but it really is unreflective, I think, of the, the game because you had a, a dominating game in terms of the capturing the objectives. I mean, you sent uh, a, a decent number of guys at the back. I didn't leave enough at the back or potentially too many to not be able to capture enough objectives in my front. I'm not, I, I could never quite decide on this sort of mission whether I should commit fully to defending, commit fully to attacking or do some halfway in between. And I think I don't think I left enough in, in defence. So you got all of the objectives in the back, uh, slowly I, I, but surely. I, I think I sent too many forward though. Mm. So there you go. I think if I had one more person back, uh, you may have not destroyed my last supply. Um, literally, if I'd killed one more model, I think I beat you 7-5. So it was an immensely, immensely close yeah. game. Great fun. I'm glad we were both in it all the way through. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> there was a period of time where I think, I, I wouldn't say I gave up, but I did think, okay, I'm probably going to lose this because you have the dominating objectives at the back. I just couldn't see a possibility of killing uh, Helm because you'd you'd taken out Gorebag, uh, Shagrat only had one point of might left, and then he managed to get into a captain and... Uh, yeah, use Blood and Glory to get another point back. So he was just on the edge of that one might. But I think the, the difference here was that um, they were both fight five, and I kind of had in my head that he was fight six. So in the very last turn, I, I saw a chance to just go for it, go hell for leather, and send an Orc and a uh, Shagra into Helm Hammerhand yeah. with the animosity, which, to be fair, um, that Orc passing the courage check may have made a difference. I mean, I think I got enough wounds anyway, but still those sorts of things massive difference and we got to the both got the six so it literally came down to a 50 50 roll off who won that fight to decide the game really yeah that close and literally if i'd won the fight before um or the fight before that you know just one more model anywhere so it's yeah. it's amazing how swing it was but i really enjoyed that thank oh, you man. It, it was <laughs> such it was such a good game and we had to defend banners as well and your banner uh, survived two or three fights with uh, gore bag and some orcs a couple of times in a row where where he couldn't pass it off to people so there was a couple of chances there that i could have picked the banner so it just kept feeling like it was swinging one way to one way to the other and you're thinking oh that banner's narrowly escaped death this turn it's narrowly escaped death this turn but then i kept narrowly escaping um, the heroic combats from Helm, which, as you pointed out, you charged two Mordor Urukai twice. Uh, they shielded both times. My four dice against your four dice. Your four dice should have the upper hand. You've got a point of free might. Uh, you've got a heroic combat. A banner, yeah. Yeah, and you've got a banner as well. And uh, you, just didn't, you just didn't get the dice ever uh, in those last two turns. That was it. Yeah, that was all it was. Literally, that's what it came down to, which is which is great. Yeah. Great when they're close. So. Well, absolutely. Well, Neil, it was an absolute pleasure to play you once more. I think it's the first time I've beat you, so I'm quite proud of that. Uh, and <laughs> well, it means well that, worryingly, I'm, I'm heading up to the, the 
top tables because we're on table number nine or something right now. So well, good luck, Harry. Like I hope yeah, it goes I'll, well. I'll Fingers see you crossed when, for you. I'll see you when I'm heading back down. We might might meet in the middle once more. No, no, no. You'll do it, Harry. First end meet win. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Game number three, the mission was clashed by Moonlight and playing against Jack Canavan, uh, who uh, we've, I think we've bumped heads at one point maybe many years ago, but it's certainly been a long, a long time since we played. And Jack, first of all, just give us a run through of your army. You're, you were playing your good army. Yep, so I've got Helm's Guard just with Helm Hammer Hand, a captain, a fairly split mix of Royal Guard and Warriors, uh, all with Throw and Spear, and then a couple of Outriders just for some objective tagging later on, if needs be. If needs be. Well, I, interestingly, I, so I've just obviously, uh, we've just played against uh, Helm's Guard with, um, uh, with Neil's game, but you had slightly more throwing weapons, which I was very worried about, Class by Moonlight being 12-inch range, plus one to shooting. I was super scared. How did you feel going into this game? Uh, between the scenario and the matchup, I thought it was skewed slightly in my favour, just because the amount of shooting and Helm can deal with fight five heroes quite well. But uh, it just depends on how well the shooting goes overall. It's yeah, definitely the reliable part of the list at strength three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially against a defence five army, you're looking at fours to wound on the shooting. And when it did get uh, into its own, you did kill quite a few guys in the sort of later turns. But there were about three or four turns because you were edging your way back out of shooting and I think one orc or Urukai died in the first three or four turns of shooting or it was certainly very low. Yeah the first three turns I think it was I killed one or two things it was only when I was charging in that I was getting the kills with the throwing weapons. Yeah and of course that relied on uh, getting the priority roll off which I think you only got once or twice maybe but um, of course this is it, although it's about shooting and that's what people remember about this mission it's actually about killing heroes. And I, we had a bit of a chat just after the game. I, I wondered, you, you focused largely on shooting the front line, the Mordor Urukai front line that I'd, I'd deployed, um, and not trying to shoot through the ranks to try and get Gorbag or Shagrat. What, what was the thinking there? Uh, the main aim was the shooting might get a wound or two through, but if I can thin out your numbers beforehand, because we're about even model count, Helm can then just punch through and threaten the heroes, especially Gorbag at fight four with hurt combats every turn, and then as long as I can get rid of one, it's it's suddenly shimmied into my favour. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, early on, Shagrat had a, had a good move, because um, your captain was on the front line uh, with a spear behind him, and Shagrat just went took a beeline straight for him uh, with his shield, his knockdown, his, his fight five, so he had, uh, had all the upper hand, basically, and his strength five uh, and of course he gets a point of might back for killing a hero so early early on I, I managed to kill the captain and that put me ahead in this game because uh, it's all about keeping heroes alive um, and, and Shelob of course hovering around being very threatening uh, you, you did try to go for a couple of times but she's a hard beast to take down yeah so she was sat around behind the line I had my honour but I was more happy with dealing with everything else as long as she stays there but I think at one point it was just Helm wasn't going to get to anything else, so I might as well just jump for Shelob while yeah. the opportunity is available. Well, you got a free heroic strike as well, yes. so... Yes, the free point might return is definitely the saving grace of this list. Absolutely, but uh, alas, Shelob managed to survive uh, that turn, and then Helm quickly moved on to a softer target after Gorbag took a spear to the eye um, and, and was wounded and fateless, so he had one wound left. Uh, so it was clearly an easy target. There was a, a spearman that, who had been supporting Gorbag into combat, uh, and a banner just behind him. You charged both of them. There was a gap that I hadn't, hadn't noticed. Charged then called the heroic combat, 
and essentially it came down to the fact that Shagrat had to come to his aid and Shagrat called away combat at the same time and uh, I think yours went first but you managed to fail against the two orcs is that right or am I remembering this no, one? No so I killed the two orcs and went into Gorbag but then Shagrat came in to ah, yes, that's it right. off. Yeah. yeah 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 so it was it was it was pretty nasty so Gorb yeah uh, Shagrat came in and then that resulted in Shagrat taking all the damage yes. uh, he ended up on two wounds no fate uh, two wounds lost no fate so one wound left uh, on his absolute uh, last legs but just scraping through and by this point we just churned through each other quite a lot I mean I think I had a fair share uh, unfair share of the uh, the look I was killing a lot of your guys quite quickly yeah I think that the, the, the shooting going not well at the start was the offset but the fight is, is pretty evenly trade. We both kill each other on the same. It's just a dice roll game at that point. Yeah, and you, you should have had the upper hand, though, because you had the fight five, so and I only had fight four, and you'd already killed probably... I think the first models that you killed were five of my Mordor Urukai, so I, I lost a lot of the higher fight advantage. But I guess there was, there was this kind of big area in the middle. Um, early on, you'd occupied quite a narrow channel between a pond uh, and a sort of hill and some ruins in the middle. But because you were moving back to shoot which was absolutely the right move it gave me a little bit more space to work with I thought and it just allowed me to wrap around the edges and get that as little bit more of a chance to get some traps or some more guys on there I, I think that might have helped me in the long run and, and of course because you were moving back and not succeeding in your shooting it, it you know it paid off for me rather than you yeah it kept the model count advantage slightly there but it was more so you put them in such a good spot that it just made me so tempted for one turn just to run in rather than back up again so I just went for it yeah. <laughs> I think you went for it in the right turn but it was just very unlucky the fact that uh, you managed to managed to just kind of dot between all the heroes like Helm basically took all the wounds off Shelob except the last two uh, all the wounds off uh, Shagrat and all the fate uh, except the last one and Gorbag somehow survived uh, loads of fights against um, Royal Guard that had fight five so it's just you just kind of chipped away at all of the heroes rather than going for going a hell for leather on one. Yeah, I don't know whether that was a mistake. I don't think it was really your fault. It just that's just the way the cookie crumbled. Yeah, they were just protected each time, so I could only ever get to one, and then the next turn I couldn't get to them because if I'd lose the move roll off, so I just yeah I couldn't finish one off. The royal guard and troops just couldn't quite do it. Absolutely. So in the end, both of us broke. Um, you wounded my leader but uh, I have the slight advantage on uh, having killed the captain, so it gave me a 6-4, six, 6-5, six, five, six, five, uh, victory in the end, which incredibly narrow, and if I'm honest, I didn't think I had a chance in hell winning this game for the whole way, Jack, and I, I, I don't know whether it's your misfortune or, or, or my luck that, that made, played to it, but I don't think I made massive mistakes, but I also think that the luck definitely played a part. <laughs> no, I think... It's, it's just how dice go. You get games where your shooting is hot and you kill so much with shooting, and then you get games where you struggle to win any fight or any, any shooting weapons. So it's, just, <laughs> it's a list that relies on being lucky, I think. And when we, we trade kills relatively evenly at the same time, it's just it, it's a very hard-fought game for the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet again, Helm spent a lot of might trying to uh, kill Shelob early on which was a good thing, but it also meant that you, you didn't have a strike and a point of might uh, or and a heroic combat throughout the rest of the game. Do you think that might have been a mistake? That was my biggest mistake of the game, was when I chucked two might to get two extra wins on Shelob. Forgetting that she probably won't run away, yeah. which I could have done with for the combat with Shagrat, which would have been enough might to put him down, but 
you live and learn these things. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been a big swing. If you'd have killed Shagrat in the last turn, it meant you you would have killed the same number of heroes, but you'd have killed the, the leader as well. So, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, Shelob has been absolutely essential against Helm Hanmahan the last two games, just providing someone that Helm wants to kill uh, and spend might on, but has, has survived yet again. So, uh, a 6-5 win, that, that puts me in the... the Worrying, concerning position of, uh, of elevating from table what? We're on table three, weren't we? Uh, we were on table four. Table four. So uh, that would, there's a good chance that I'm going to be on the top tables. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, either way, thanks to the game. It was really, really well fought. And I just think the, the look fell the wrong way this time. Thanks very much. Cheers. Round four, day number one, the final game of the day here at Into the West. And uh, playing against James Goebel, who uh, has been playing, I think this is the second time in a row that you've played this army. Uh, but first of all, James, uh, we're playing Recon, and you come up against my Kirith Ungle. Give us an idea of what your army list is, first of all. So we've got the Rangers of Merkwood, Legolas, Tariel, 17 Rangers, and a Sentinel, so just a lot of bow fire. A lot of bow fire, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, what, what, going into it, what did you what did you think? What was your plan? Did you think you had had it in the bag? I thought, I mean, as you said, you've only got four more models than me at twenty four. I've got twenty, so I thought if I can whittle you down to that lower number in recon, you're not going to be able to get more models off the board than I am. I've got the hatred of spider in case Shelob chucks herself in, perhaps whips a roll, might be able to take her down. So I wasn't too scared of that. And I've got expendable hero like Tauriel that I can just chuck into your warriors to try to cut through them. Yeah. The shooting was blistering, it's fair to say. I mean, defense five uh, against elven bows, you know, I, th I think it was probably, was it five or six, maybe more in the first three turns of shooting? Seven or eight, to be honest, yeah. yeah. So it was a hard go. Uh, so I, had, I, was, I was really scratching my head in this one because I, I was trying to think of ways that I could just about sneak a win just by essentially ending the game early yeah. which you, you very almost did I didn't see it coming at all and had you have done it it really it could have just ended in a draw and I, I would have been quite disappointed yeah <laughs> it was, so essentially though we got to the stage where we collided the lines you'd sent one of your warbands to the left uh, Tauriel's warband I kind of went plump straight for Legolas's warband um, and you kind of diverted most of Tauriel's warband in the end but um, I, saw, I, I thought, if I can reach them in time, kill enough stuff that I'll maybe have a few guys left over to crack through and I, I might win on the, uh, uh, on the recon. That quickly became apparent that it was not going to happen. I, I, after eight or seven models died and then the, the kind of the scattergun approach to the charges as well just meant that it was difficult. And also I'd sent a couple of guys down the left flank uh, who got shot uh, a bit and then eventually ran away. But um, So I came up with this idea in my head if I get Shelob off the board, I'm very close to, I was broken at this point, uh, sort of quite late in the game, and if I get myself quartered, it was the turn before you got anyone off the board, I thought, well, that'll give me a draw, and then if, um, by any chance, if, because you'd already broken me, if uh, I got Legolas in one round of combat, or at least wounded him, that would just give me a 4-3 or something like that victory. That would have been devastating as well, just my secret mission being to not take a wound on Legolas. That really would have hit hard. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I kind of I, I fluffed it because I'd forgotten that you can shield with everything. So um, I was hoping to stab my way to victory in the final uh, in the final kind of a couple of turns. But I'd, I'd realised if I'd have just taken courage checks instead of uh, doing stand fast, uh, I could have had exactly the right number of guys dead and had a few to kind of you know stop stop your guys charging in and, and ideally get into Legolas and get the kill 
I didn't do that. I forgot to do that. I didn't do the maths, and, and you're shielding so you could just you could protect your your guys and make sure that I didn't die, which was which was my downfall. I mean, you did have me quite worried at the turn just before I got off. You were stabbing with people. There were like there were a couple died. I was like, oh, this could end quite early. Actually, I might not be able to get the last three off the board and get the triple. But in the end, unfortunately for you, they they didn't die. Yeah. And to be fair, my plan to kill Legolas didn't work either. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I did get Tower in one go. Uh, Shangrat went straight into her, shield to the face. She struck up, I struck up. Tauriel had the worst of it and died in one go. Um, but Shagrat managed to not quite do the same with Legolas. I think you had the same fight value in the strike. Yeah. Uh, and you had the Elven Blade and the Elven... And I rolled the three on the roll-off as well. Yeah, Elven Blade's always coming in great. But, I mean, burning that three might to kill Tauriel, even with the Blood and Glory, I think it, it, was a, it was a good decision, but perhaps just maybe not chucking him into that combat in the first place could have been better. Yeah. Getting into Legolas earlier by um, taking some of the Warriors... Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I think my my, my thought process was if I I'd, I had both Gorbag and Shagrat in there initially, uh, and I actually thought of doing a heroic combat, but then you kind of peeled me off a bit. So it, it I couldn't do the heroic combat that I wanted to do because I thought that would really get things. But I I think the the gaps were weren't quite as big as I thought, um, and I didn't I didn't think you would see it. You, I didn't think you saw the gaps that I could make. Um, uh, I didn't think you saw them initially, so I did get a charge earlier than I think I think I was. Uh, uh, maybe you were thinking, but either way, Legolas won his fight. He shielded with this new special rule for the Legion, which is fantastic. Uh, so he knew that he was going to get the win. And you got your three models off the board. You broke me. Nobody wounded any leaders, but hey, a ten-nil victory to you. You yeah. can't be can't be upset about that. I'm I'm very pleased with that. Four wins in the first day very happy yeah absolutely and and you you did get your your secret objective which i haven't really mentioned throughout the day i've got two of my secret objectives and uh, now lo uh, not gotten two but but that means you got four and, and how many of your secret uh, objectives three out of the four so only missing one tp today wow that is fantastic work from uh, from you there so i either way i i think i'm pretty happy with how i've done i've got a 10 nil loss so that sends me back down the tables a bit perhaps a little submarine get some perhaps slightly easier games come back in the second day very strong that's the plan and I don't want to face any more shooting I've had enough of it no <laughs> certainly not I'm surprised there's not more Merkwood Rangers at this event to be honest very powerful at low points yeah you get so many bows so many strength three bows and you get a lot of models that can do a lot of damage so yeah, it's because yeah. even when you're playing these high model count armies you're not so afraid of them because you can just leave a warband to be surrounded and often win the fights get a lot of kills break them low courage then you just you're taking it on the victory points. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, either way, uh, a fantastic game. Uh, well done. Best of luck in the next round. Tomorrow morning, you're going to be playing some of these top table uh, players. Uh, it'll be a sweaty time, but I'm sure, I'm sure you'll do well and you've got the army for it. Thank you very much for the game, Harry. Uh, good luck to you as well, sir. So we're at the halfway point of Into the West and uh, reflecting on the day one, I mean, honestly, I think I've gotten incredibly lucky uh, over, over the today. I mean, if you cast your mind back to the start of the podcast where I spoke about some of the armies that I think I would really struggle against, and I think I've come up with uh, up against all of them, um, and I've fared a lot better than I expected I would. Um, so I obviously mentioned at the start of the day that uh, I didn't think I'd do very well against, um, for example, throwing weapon armies. And I came up against uh, Helm Hammerhand twice. Um, Helm, of course, being one of those heroes that even Shelob uh, is, is scared of. Um, and uh, all the throwing weapons in the armies that they both had. So I was, I was 
I don't know how I managed to do it. Um, Neil uh, McLaughlin is an absolutely fantastic player, uh, and I, I, I've not played. Um, I'd not played Sam before. I think it was was it Sam? Uh, no, who was it? It, it? No, it wasn't Sam. Um, oh, oh, this is embarrassing. I know you're gonna. Uh, it's Jack, 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 Jack. Sorry, Jack. Sorry, Jack. Uh, uh, he's. I, I, I've heard his name before, Jack Canavan, um, and I know he's topped uh, podiums before. Um, so I know he's no slaps. Never played before, I don't think, or maybe many years ago. Um, but either way, uh, neither uh, player uh, any a slouch at all. And uh, to have managed to scrape a 5-4 win against Jack, and I think it was around the same, I think maybe 6-7 or 7-6, something like that, against Neil. Uh, and Neil's game, it was just, it was incredibly lucky to all swing very quickly at the end. I thought I'd had it, I'd lost it, and then it turned out I hadn't. Uh, and it was pretty similar with Jack. So I, I, I feel like I've done very well to come out, out of today with three wins and a loss. Um, obviously, against the um, the shooting army at the end, uh, James's uh, elves... I don't know what I could have done differently to to win that game, but you know you take take some uh, take it on the chin, and it, I guess it means that I you know, might have a chance at doing better um, over the course of uh, tomorrow if I'm submarining it. I don't know. We shall see. But anyway, uh, I've got a few secret objectives. I haven't really sort of focused on them yet. I haven't mentioned them a lot, but they, it turns out they, they're worth quite a lot of points in terms of the tournament. But. Uh, if I'm honest, I'm just going to focus on trying to win the games. But anyway, so uh, day number one, uh, Kirithungal doing okay. We've got three wins and one loss and a couple of secret objectives. Uh, let's move on to day number two and have three more games. Can I make it to the top? Game number five, day number two, start of the day. And we're playing capture and control against Sam Gratton. Uh, Sam, um, first of all, is that right? I said Gratton, yes. isn't it? Yeah, sorry, I thought I'd forgotten your name for a second. Oh. I didn't. Um, first of all, Capture and Control, just give us a summary of what your list is for 450 points. Yeah, so my list um, is Corsair and Harad together. So I've got Dalamir, who is leading five of shield, seven of shield and spear, and then six crossbows, our blisters. Uh, and then I've also got um, Saladin, he's got five Harad bows, three with and then three Harad with spear, and two serpent riders. So 30 in total. 30 models, quite a lot of shooting as well. Um, looking at my army over the tabletop, what were you scared of? Did you fancy your chances? I originally was scared of Shagrat because of his knockdown, um, especially against Dalamir, because he doesn't get trapped, but Shagrat kind of nullifies that. Shelob as well, although she's got no might, she is a beast. She can just hold up heroes for a turn, waste my might. So those two I was definitely scared of. Um, Warriors not so much, just because I'm kind of fight four everywhere. Um, I am low defense, which I could break quite easily. Um, but I think if I just have enough models around you, I'll, I'll win the dice in combat kind of thing. Absolutely. So we deployed. Um, I pretty much pretty much deployed on the line. Well, exactly on the line. Um, there's a big ruin in the centre, dividing up the central objective and the left uh, objective. This is the one where you flip them over, and you get most of the. Uh, I think it's ten points for flipping objectives over in your favour. And um, I deployed in the objectives. My object. My sort of idea at the start of the game was, I'll I'll capture all the objectives, move forward and then kind of hope that I, I'm still holding enough of them when, I, when the, I've broken and the game ends on a one or two. So I, I, it's less reliable with a one or two end uh, to kind of play with that strategy. But do you think that was the right strategy? Yeah, I do. I think deploying 24 up, I, I obviously wanted to deploy a little bit further back just to get around shooting in, just to try and reduce those numbers even more to benefit me. But deploying 24 up, you then had all four objectives. Yeah. Um, I only had my home. And then you pushed up, which is, I think, the right thing to do. Um, breaking, I think 
the one or two break was the chance for you to win because um, I don't think eventually you're gonna I'm gonna outgrind you. Um, so yeah, I definitely think you made the right play. Again, a few models here and there, maybe just in the centre of the battlefield instead of on the flank, may have been the only thing. Yeah, I mentioned that big ruin in the centre of the battlefield. So it is quite a sizeable ruin, probably eight inches long, uh, six wide, something like that. And uh, I deployed Shagrat and his warband of Mordorica to the left, Gorbag in the centre, Shelob on the right objective. So I had those three objectives, and I needed to have someone on the left objective at the start. I think um, you, you in the just the initial chat that we had just before we recorded, you, you mentioned that I didn't. I probably put too many on the left hand side and not enough in the middle which just allowed you to churn straight forward with the, you basically your whole army yeah because with Shelob coming on the far right and only Gorbag who isn't the best hero in combat kind of thing um, and Shagrat far left I just kind of chucked all my army middle and tried to instantly just swap the whole the warband which is eventually what I did um, and it took quite a few turns for Shagrat to get round and I think by the time he got round he kind of lost too many models and um, so his impact wasn't as big as it could have been um, he did fail a combat on some a, a really awful combat on yeah it was just one Harad warrior I was really annoyed by that because <laughs> my secret objective was uh, I had to allow uh, Shagrat to win all his combats and until then he'd done very well but uh, yeah that was a bit of a boo-boo but yeah that was really unlucky I felt bad then but um, uh, you, you're right though I, I think I think had I had I left maybe Shagrat and a couple of Uruka at the back uh, of that, and then come through the middle um, around the right-hand side of this central uh, sort of uh, central piece of terrain, and left the warp uh, almost well, I think it was six or so uh, more Uruka on the left. It would have been enough to to make you worried by the that you had two serpent riders and a couple of Harad that were kind of hovering around. Um, but those six would have been enough to deter you from taking that objective, I think. But putting Shagrat in the middle just gives you that kind of. It would have given me that punch and I'd have torn through stuff. I, I, I think I, I, I probably, some, somewhere in my head, I was thinking, well, I, I want to break, so I, I, I need to let some guys die. And, but I, actually, I, I, I just kind of forgot that if I break, then it gives you more room to, to move stuff around and pick off people. And it meant that I lost that central objective eventually. Close, but I did yeah. lose that central objective. I think... Oh, that's the thing I was worried of. If I break you too fast and then you instantly run on one or two, it's like, oh, that's the game. Yeah. I can't do anything. So I, instead of bannering, I tried not to banner, lose a couple of models. Um, but I didn't realise, I think you still had about four or five off break-in when I, when I initially thought that. Yeah. So I thought I can get you down to, say, two or three more and then eventually just kind of swap the middle, gain that, send a single guy off to the back objective. He eventually took that. Because even... On the far left where Shagrat was originally, even just four of the guys, it would have deterred me from coming in with my Serpent yeah. Rider straight away. Because with your Spear Sports, you can... If I lose priority, they, those guys are dead. Yeah, I think that was the problem. I, what I should have done early on is send a couple of the Spears over to the left side and a couple of the Mordorokai and Shagrat over to the, the centre. And I, I just didn't use Animosity. I don't think I used it at all in this game. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get the plus one. I mean, against Harad and uh, Corsairs, I didn't really need the wound bonuses but because uh, I killed when I won. But um, I, I think that was probably a bit of a faux pas. And I, I mean, I managed to pin down um, Dalamir couple of turns I, I got some really really smart uh, if I don't mind saying so uh, barges off yeah. your barges I a few of them I, I saw the hurls I saw that but the barge I thought it'd be a bit risky to go for but it did go off and it did work really yeah. well but I think I think I had two uh, three barge potentials one of them I needed a five and I was like I'm not gonna do that one so I did a hurl which was quite a good hurl um, and then the other two I think were both uh, a three and a four or something like that I needed so I think it was that, those and those both worked well, which which was good. And I managed to pin down Dalamir in the final turn and kill him. Um, 
maybe I sh I, looking at it res retrospectively, I should have gone with the objective, but I didn't know it's going to end. Uh, I thought, well, at least if I kill Dalamere, then I know I've got that guaranteed point. Um, but either way, uh, the last turn, uh, we, we ended on the second turn of uh, rolling to end the game. So, And all that remains is two more Dororokai, uh, Shagrat and Shelob. So had it gone on any longer, it would have been a bit of a whitewash, really. You would have got the, the final objectives and, uh, and probably killed Shagrat as well. Yeah, I think if I just had priority, I probably would have charged with my model, charged with Dalamir, trapped, killed Shelob in one turn kind of thing. That opens up a massive gap. Um, and eventually just ground down Shagrat as well. So, yeah, I think first turn you could have won it, definitely. And then the longer it went on, it just prolonged the really death, really. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, either way, well done. Uh, what, I can't remember the exact score because we've handed in the sheet. It was 9-3, was it? 9-3. So, uh, not a t total disaster. And you got your secret objective, yes. which was kill the banner. Yeah, kill the banner. So I made sure to pin down the, his spear sport just so he can pass it on and then get down the mental. And again, something I could have denied if I'd have had more guys in the middle, potentially. Yeah, yeah even four more. Many, I would have had to commit more models there, maybe not have had as many at the back objective, because you sent a lone, a lone orc at the back who was actually quite threatening yeah. to get the objective. He almost got it. If he'd have yeah. won that last fight, he'd have, he'd have taken, taken it, which was great. But yeah, I think a learning point uh, for this particular mission, uh, maybe, maybe focus a bit more in the center uh, and a little less on the outside, especially because you deployed a bit much closer to the center anyway. So it was a, uh, it was a good game though. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you kept, you kept me playing, and I like to think I kept you, kept you thinking until the very last yeah, moment. Definitely, definitely did keep me thinking, especially with Shelob. Um, but yeah, I think just getting Shagra in a bit more faster in the game um, would definitely be the take, things taking this game. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, thanks very much for the game. Cheers. So game number six, uh, playing Heirlooms of Ages Past against Sam. And um, Sam, just first of all, before we get started, um, give us an idea of what is in your army. What, what have you spent your 450 points on? So I figured the best thing to do was make sure, I'm playing Moria, mm -hmm. so the best thing to do is have plenty and plenty of guys. Uh, I have maxed, I have three warbands entirely maxed out, of Durbos, Groblog, and a Captain. I made the decision to not take the Shaman, mostly because of the extra models that it provided for me, you know taking the gamble of if not enough guys die then you know I don't need the fury necessarily yeah good chap yeah um, but yeah I've taken 10 prowlers they've been a very effective can open at all tournament particularly against the dwarven lists that I've come up against uh, we've had two marauders uh, incredibly key pieces uh, a bat swarm uh, 11 uh, goblins with shields and 15 with spears extra spears just to help supporting the prowlers and just getting in on with that Excellent. So heirlooms of ages past, um, maelstrom of battle deployment, so it can be random, uh, and we have to grab those uh, those little relic tokens that come on. And um, before before we kind of rolled, what, what did you think of my army? Did you did you think you had a good chance here? What what did you what do you think? It is incredibly scary to see Shelob uh, over on the other side of the table. Also, your heroes are all incredibly better than mine are. Um, all of your Urukai are a lot more killing than my guys, so in a straight up 1v1, I might have the numbers, I can maybe trap you a few guys, but I am, you know, I'm fighting an uphill battle in a lot of uh, ways against this list. Um, a lot of ways. Well, I think the scenario may have favoured you here. We'll, we'll, we'll reveal the result as, as we get into the, uh, into the game, but essentially as it started, um, we, you deploy, I uh, think you rolled first, I know I rolled first and I ended up with Shelob and uh, Gort, uh, Shagrat on pretty much my board edge uh, and then you rolled, one of your results was a captain that ended up coming onto the kind of my corner pretty much and then the rest of your stuff was over on the back end of your table. Uh, yeah, yeah, center. so the centre on the board, so it's, it's pretty pretty straightforward but, but there was that one warman that was kind of a bit, bit exposed and the next turn I, I spent some might on Gorbank to come in 
uh, to land, to tr kind of trap him between Shelob and some Shagger and, and just go straight for those guys. Do you think that was the right move? Because I, I, I mean, I, I got some kills there, but it, it, was a, it kind of bogged me down a bit. It bogged you down a bit, but I think it was generally the right play. Um, looking at where my other two warbands were, the support for that warband was at least three or four turns away. Mm. You made the right call to, you know, cut, cut me off, especially with the spider there. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit cheeky with blocking off Shelob, so I, I kind of mitigated a bit of the damage there, but the idea was very sound. Yeah. A few of the fights went a bit in my favor, though, which yeah, was unfortunate for you. They definitely yeah. did. I, I got a barge early on with Shelob. I won against two guys and went straight into a captain, or was it Groblock? I can't. Anyway, I, I, I just didn't. didn't did, uh, then they squiffed the next roll, so Shelob, Shelob sort of... It was a single, a single shield goblin. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was very frustrating, that, that. So there was a couple of sort of spaffs early on from uh, Shelob, but uh, the crucial thing was, um, very early in the game, I think after that first turn, uh, you moved your bat onto one of the heirlooms and, and you rolled the six. Yeah, absolute game changer, honestly. Um, it is the hardest thing in my army to catch, uh, by and far, and... Honestly, it's making you immediately fight an uphill battle. Yeah. It's immediately putting the ball in my court and making you have to come and engage with me. Uh, I attempted to uh, castle up in the corner, and when the battle lines kind of broke out, I then just ended up fleeing sideways because the battle was turning a little bit more in my favour. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything that can keep up with the bat, so it, was, it re kind of required two turns of a priority in a row, and that was once I got Shelob from my corner of the table uh, through the center through the terrain through a big wave of goblins uh, over to the the bat that caught it in the first turn so it, it was a tricky tricky uphill battle and of course because um uh, gorbag was on in uh, in the sort of middle it came on at a slightly wrong e uh, end of the table shagrat took a little bit longer to get in so you kind of whittled down a few orcs before the urukai arrived so it was very much a piecemeal kind of uh, assault for my guys yeah it was very important that i uh, managed to trap in the uh, gorbag with the uh, with Groblog and one of the Marauders, getting him uh, taken out uh, early as I possibly could before Shagrat and the rest of the Urukai hit the lines was essential, yeah. I think. Yeah. I've got some good plays. I, I thought with uh, Gorbag managed to uh, get in to do some damage and Shelob kind of rescued him and sent, sent a few Orcs around to trap a uh, mar Marauder and kill that early on. But it, as you say, it was just I just didn't have enough stuff there at that time because the, the battle kind of happened very... It's, it sort of fell upon us, uh, you know, whether we liked it or not. And um, it just ended up being a, a, this kind of melee, swirling melee in the middle. And I was kind of slowly trying to break out. And I was getting there. And maybe given a couple more turns or... Uh, I don't know, I might, I might have had a bit of a chance because uh, there was some unfortunate moves towards the late game. But I, Shelob did a really good job of just chopping away barging away through, getting into Durbers, doing, uh, winning a couple of combats against Durbers, despite your um, uh, heroic defence. Mm. Oh yeah, she was an absolute menace the entire game. Um, even with a couple of dud combats uh, early on, she was just mowing her way through. A couple of mispositioning errors on my part uh, opened up my general to her as well, and I was lucky that the defence worked on that. Honestly. Yeah, it um, was, it was. And then the, the, the following turn, I think uh, I, I, managed, I failed the Failed to win the fight, so Derbez got uh, got up from the, his prone position. So, so it's very threatened. But uh, and then by that point, Shagrat was getting into him. So Shelob was free to then actually pursue the bat, which I, I'd worked out one one turn. If I'd have won the combat, the the one we were just talking about where uh, Derbez was prone, if I'd have barged and rolled a high, high enough on the barge, I'd have been able to uh, catch the bat the next turn mm. if I won priority. But, you know, these are ifs and buts. Yeah, ifs and buts. Um, 
you had definitely made the right play with Shelob to go after the bat. Yeah. Uh, there was the possibility with the heirloom, obviously, to paralyze the model. Yeah. Or like, you know, uh, in, immobilize. Uh, yeah. So if that ever happened, it was I was sweating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and it only happened once, quite early on. Yeah, yeah quite early on, uh, which uh, it, it was irrelevant at the time, yeah, unfortunately. Was, yeah. yeah. But then, of course, in the final turn, I, I, I was thinking, OK, at least I can mitigate this loss. Because at this point, I knew you had six uh, points from the, the relic, pretty much safe in the bag. Uh, I'd, I'd broken because I was just very piecemeal. Um, so that was made it eight to you. But I knew I, I had my leader, and uh, Shagrat was, was gunning for Derbers, who was pretty much on his own. Um, so Derbers maybe one prowler, two spears, that sort of thing, kicking about next to him. So D uh, Shagrat was gunning for him. Derbers has no might left. Uh, it was it was pretty ruthless uh, at moves, but some plucky uh, uh, orc. I, I tried a heroic combat from one orc into Derbers, and then failed the heroic combat, which was really frustrating and um, to try and get into Derbers and uh, and then following turn Shagrat decides to roll a, a, I think it was a one and a two on his uh, courage check so never had the chance to get into fight with Derbers. So unfortunate that you had to do the stand fast the turn before and yeah. had to spend your one point of will then. Yeah. It makes all the difference yeah. honestly. A absolutely so so in the end it ended up being I think uh, quite a resounding victory to you uh, a 10-0 victory you didn't have a banner so you couldn't get the the maximum points but the last turn Shagrat running away meant that um, when that my heroic move got cancelled, uh, it meant he couldn't charge Derbers and try for the leader point. It meant Derbers was free to get a banner that had been helping out Shagrat. So it all kind of collapsed in. I mean, I was already losing, but it all it felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath me in the very final turn to snatch those last few points. Extraordinarily unfortunate. Um, it feels um, a little bit bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel too bad. Oh no, it, it's yeah. It, it, we are playing the game to win after all. But the given how the combats were going, it was just a sea of a sea of green yeah. surrounding and picking off. Uh, you know, five v one fights. So you know, you had to you know. You had to take what you could. Uh, yeah, I, th I think I think I made a similar mistake in the previous game that I, I should really learn from. That my, my force ended up being divided. I mean, Maelstrom it forces you to be divided a bit more. But had it been all of my guys in one place against all of your goblins, I, I, I rate my chances a little bit better. But even then, not ideal. Oh, extraordinarily. The um, <laughs> thank you. The the fact that the plus one to wound means your Urukai are just killing, straight up killing most of my army on threes uh, is the scariest thing about the list. And I'm so glad that I managed to get rid of the majority of the orcs yeah. before the Urukai even arrived. Well, either way, uh, it's, it's been a cracking game. Best of luck for your next ones. You're on four and two, I think, now. So uh, whereas I'm on three and three. So it's all coming down to that final game where maybe I might get a fourth win and uh, come out with my head held high. But congratulations. Thanks very much. And best of luck in your next game. Thank you so much, Harry. Cheers. Game seven, divide and conquer. So the final game of the tournament, my throat is weary, my brain is weary, I'm sweating. <laughs> it's been a tricky old tournament, uh, especially on day number two, playing against Scott Haslin uh, in the final round. Uh, and Scott, first of all, just give us a summary of your army list. Uh, it's not one that I come across a lot. So it's Arnor. It's really nice at low points. Uh, so we've got the sort of three big heroes. We've got Arvaju, we've got Malbeth, and we've got a captain in there. And then we just try to spam out as many guys as we can. So we've got 19 warriors in total. One's got a banner. And we've got eight rangers in there for a bit of shooting. Absolutely. And Divide and Conquer, if you don't know this one, it's one of the match play guide uh, missions where you have to split your army, divide, uh, and then try and conquer the three objectives in the middle. The middle one being worth more, the outer two uh, uh, being worth slightly less. Um, which I suppose is quite a tricky one for, for you because you've got uh, two big bubbles, uh, the Fearless Bubble and the, the Malbeth sort of five plus armor save thing. Uh, and whereas mine, I can drop Shelob in one corner. Uh, and the rest of my army can come on quite safely. I mean, what, what did you think of your chances at the start of the game? 
So at first, as you say, I was really worried because I was like, my army split up. Like, it doesn't do well split up. My captain with the march is in the wrong corner because he's with the rangers. Mm. Um, and I decided to have my main bulk of the force in one side. But throughout the game, it kind of turned into a blessing in disguise because the rangers managed to get some lucky wounds against Shelob, mm. took her out. And then they got like a sneaky sort of flank, which got me the three central objectives. Yeah. And I think without them being there, I would have actually would have lost because you really positioned it well. You got your army to the big central objective first, set up a nice wall that was going to be hard to push through. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think you, you put the nail on the, uh, the head there. I, I, I hammered the nail on whatever, you, whatever the thing is. Uh, so because uh, my, my, my theory here was the, the Rangers are... Um, Pretty low defence. Uh, I've, I've got three attacks on the charge against the Rangers, uh, and I, in the first turn, I, I charged the uh, the Rangers and a captain, I think, and um, basically was thinking, right, your courage is going to maybe half of them get in, and not not the other half, and I'll kill maybe one or two a turn and slowly chip away at them. And if Shelob cops a couple of wounds, fine, but I didn't expect her to die so quickly. But first turn took the captain out, great. Yeah. Uh, but then the second turn, or the second couple of turns. I, I, I lost a couple of combats yeah, and yeah. you just chipped away those wounds. I, I think, but it was particularly brutal. One turn you took five wounds off Mongo. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. And it was funny because the turn that I charged you was yeah. the one that you won and killed the captain. Yeah. And then when you were on the charge, for some reason, just couldn't roll a six. And yeah, my Rangers got one, one lucky wound at the first round and then five wounds. It was crazy, like yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it was unstatistical, but also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you got to, you know, you got to stack your odds in your favour and you did exactly what you needed to do. You got a couple of Courages in the right place and you had enough spears in the warband to, to make it uh, make it good and then killed Shelob. So that meant that I, I, I was down. Yes, I killed a captain, but uh, I was down Shelob, which is a big, big threat in my list. And as you say, and then your, your rangers could sweep into the central objectives far earlier than I was expecting. I was thinking, I hold your warband up for a couple, maybe two or three more turns, uh, and I might, I might have had it in the bag, but didn't quite work out that way. Meanwhile, over there, we're just—it's an absolute grind fest against yeah. your guys, isn't it? Yeah, just slowly, just crushing into each other. Like Gorbag and Shagrat, very, very scary models. Um, but again, like the king on my side was trying to do some some good work as well, and kind of countering Gorbag. And then Shagrat was like, at first, he was really hitting hard. And then his dice just sort of just left him, and he wasn't quite getting enough to to, to chew through the warriors. Yeah, he, he called two, I think three heroic combats. The first one, he killed the first guy he was with, and then moved into two more, uh, and knocked them over and didn't kill them. Uh, the second two, he just spaffed both combats, so it was it was pretty poor. Uh, Gorbag was actually doing a, a pretty good job. He killed a banner. Uh, no, he sort of uh, he helped kill a banner by protecting it uh, from other stuff, and. and Took, took some might off um, Arvidry and a, yeah. and a fate point as well and a wound I think in the end or was that someone else either way I think you did yeah you got a wound a wound Andy's fate as well yeah. so Arvidry was left like literally holding on for dear life he, he was he was but the I mean, I, I think I probably put a lot too much focus trying to wrap around the uh, uh, the back of your guys uh, with with probably not enough models to then uh, try and capture Malbeth because Malbeth, as I mentioned, has that five plus armor save. And I, I was wrapping around. I had the had the wraps and the traps, but I think if I'd have focused on killing the troops using my animosity, which did come into play a few times, yeah. but like if I'd have just focused on the the flanks rather than sort of coming all the way around the back then maybe that would have helped kill a few more guys and swing the odds in my favour rather than focusing on that Malbeth which is annoying but you know it doesn't always help 
Yeah, I agree with that because I think I always just had like one or two spearmen just enough to come in and save Malbeth, just even the odds so that he could keep clinging on and keep saving the rest of my army. Yeah. But it was tough either way and very tough to sort of call right at the start what you're doing. Because when you first swooped him out, I was very, very scared. Yeah, yeah. And like there was a turn where I spent quite a while just thinking like, what am I going to do with these models to try and stop these potential heroic combats? Yeah, it was stuff like, where, where is that spear going to support Arvidri, who was, who was up against Gorbag and something else? And, uh, and Malbeth, who was up against the Mordor Urukai. So it was, it was, it was quite, quite tricky because I'd pinned down almost all your models, got a lot of traps. But um, I think it was that turn where I... Or every single one of my combats failed. Like I didn't kill anything, or, or yeah. I didn't win. Uh, I, I don't think you killed a lot in return, but I had—I really, really stacked the odds in my favour that turn, and it just didn't materialise. I was—I was feeling quite downtrodden at that point. Yeah, absolutely. That was just—it was so unlucky. Like all the traps you'd set up, you just rolled really poorly on, yeah. and then everyone else you'd sort of thrown in to try and stop my guys, even though they weren't dying, they weren't doing anything. Yeah. And again, like you just weren't weren't getting the numbers. Yeah, I think I think it was, what, often I, I I felt like I did the right thing, sort of getting stacking the odds in my favour, but but just didn't quite deliver on maybe as much as I'd hoped. But I, having said that, I mean an hour and a half for the game, and um, there's still plenty left. Like we've uh, neither of us are broken. I think I'm on uh, nine dead, so I've three, four more to break, and you're probably about six, seven off a break. Yeah, yeah. And, but like so if, if we timed out. Maybe with a couple of turns to go, Shagrats might have found his uh, favour and we might have been able to threaten that central objective a bit more because uh, I lost the last roll-off so I couldn't push my guys into the central objective, uh, which was a bit of a shame. But who knows, a couple of turns, it might have changed the scoreline completely. But having said that, it was a 7-1 loss to me. So quite a resounding win to you, Scott. Well done. Uh, it seems like a little unfair. It doesn't seem like the scoreline reflects the closeness of the game, I think. Yeah. It was literally the points just came in from those Rangers like wandering around the back. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I think it was dead close all game and it, it swung between who was who was in pole position, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And on the plus side, I did win my uh, third secret mission of the tournament, which was keep Shagrat alive for the whole game. Uh, so I've got ended up with three wins and three secret missions. So not my best performance and especially disappointing after having three wins in a row on day one ending on uh, four losses is pretty rough but Scott oh. it means that you, uh, you, you catapult up, upwards I think because you ended up with quite a, quite a lot of missions um, I didn't actually get that many secret missions I think oh, okay. only two in the end so I've snuck up the rankings a bit uh, but yeah I just really enjoyed having that as a nice nice last game yeah. you know Anna really was made me think really yeah. made me think yeah I, I am sweating buckets <laughs> me too well, well, so cheers. hot on here yeah, cheers Scott thanks for the game Oh, thank you very much. Cheers. So I've done the Entmoot Classic. <laughs> oh, dear. What a day. I mean, as a listener, I think you must be pretty desperately sad and disappointed in me at this point. 3-1 uh, yesterday. I had three wins and one loss and a couple of objectives. And I come out of today having lost four games in a row, including the last game yesterday. Very demoralising indeed. Very demoralising. Um. I don't know whether it's just that I did really well uh, yesterday when I shouldn't have, and then I've been uh, so you know my my look has completely run out. Um, I mean, obviously it's down to the players that I was playing against, but I definitely think the uh, I, I got ridiculously lucky yesterday, and I don't think the look's been particularly bad for me today. Um, I've definitely made big mistakes, but. Either way, a little annoyed, uh, a little frustrated that I managed to get three three losses in a row, um, which puts me sort of, 
uh, middle of the table, if not below, uh, with a, a, a total of uh, three wins, uh, four losses, and I can't remember how many uh, objectives I've got. Um, but either way, it's not a great situation to be in at the end of the tournament. Either way, it's been great. I've really enjoyed using Kirith Ungle. Um, I think it's really good at this um, points level. Uh, I, I didn't expect to come up against quite so many Helm Hammans yesterday. I, I mean, I managed to do all right against them, but uh, he's clearly very good at this level. And uh, there's plenty of armies uh, like Corsairs and so on that, that also do a grand job. Although, having said that, I, I didn't. I felt like I was quite close in the Corsair game, but... Um, I can't. I can't really remember. I think I. Anyway, it, yeah, it was. It was still quite narrow. Either way, um, yeah, I, I think the one game that I'd, I'd say the look perhaps was against me a little bit was uh, against um, uh, against uh, the the Arnor force at the end of the Scott. Shelob got a little unlucky. Uh, I, I know. I, I probably. I, did, I shouldn't have put Shelob in the situation she was in because at the start of that that game uh, there, there was about, I think it was 10 rangers or something like that and I charged the rangers knowing fully well I was going to be surrounded by a lot of rangers or, or certainly have a few charge me. I didn't quite expect so many of them to pass their courage checks which was a bad bad thing but I thought, you know, they're courage three they should they should be, half of them should fail, right? Like I thought that was... Uh, I thought that would would be a fair bet, and then you know, even if there's there's say half of them or maybe eight guys trying to get um, sixes, that's up to sixteen dice. I thought maybe you get three wounds a turn for a couple of turns, um, or maybe two or three turn things, and you know that's if I lose the combat with a higher fight value and I've got the charge, so I hadn't had the extra attack, so I just had three dice. I thought you know I should be able to last a good few turns and whittle these rangers down instead of lost five wounds or four wounds or whatever it was in in one go uh, and it all kind of fell apart because of that i think i had the central objective um tied down pretty good until the rangers came in um and just just took it uh, i had the uh, the rest of the arnold guys boxed off away from the objective i don't think they'd have cracked, cracked through um in a in a short period of time anyway th that was a miscalculation i shouldn't have risked shelob by doing that i should have been played a bit more cautious but i still think i maybe had a little bit of an unfair share of the luck uh of the bad fortune there but hey these are ifs and buts uh and if ifs and buts were candy and nuts would all have a merry christmas so with that in mind who did have a merry christmas uh let's find out who the winner of into the west was in a few minutes time but first Let's have a chat with uh, Matt, the uh, tournament organizer. <clears throat> so, uh, tournament organizer Matt King here, and, and I know you were ably helped by Laura, uh, who put in all the work on the spreadsheets and things like that. But I want to hear to ask you a bit about the 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 kind of the, the, the way the, the tournament's organized. Because 450 points, a that's unusual. B the secret missions. Just walk me through uh, the, the thinking behind this tournament. Yeah, so Into the West, this event is actually, this was its seventh year, uh, if I remember that correctly from my head. We started back in 2016, and back then, uh, smaller scene, but pretty much all the tournaments were 600 points upwards. So we went 450, it's smaller scale, it'll have some different challenges and just bring a different bit of life to the game. Mm. Uh, seat commissions were just another way to have a secondary sort of challenge to all the attendees. Um, have have those little things to think about on the side to do something funny maybe get one of your gem well one of your lieutenants let's say killed um by doing something courageous for yeah. example so it's just an extra extra challenge yeah and of course they actually in terms of the tournament make quite a big difference because if you if you got all seven that was seven tournament points which is the equivalent of what a draw and a win 
Uh, yeah, so it's five points for win, three for draw, and uh, one for a loss. So in theory, it's a win and two losses. Yeah. Um, now, they are quite challenging, so only four people, I think, at this event actually got all seven. Yeah, um, yeah big shout-out. I think it was Jay uh, Will Champion and Dave Sweeting and someone else. And Jack, Jack, who actually Jack ranked, Hannibal, yeah. Yeah, ranked the highest outside of the, the podium places, so he actually won the award for it, because there's yeah. a separate award. Um, yeah, they are quite challenging. Last year, we had, I think, only one person achieve all of them. Yeah. So I do change them up each year. There's some fan favourites, let's call them, so they come back quite frequently. But, uh, yeah, they add a whole new dynamic to yeah. the game. And, of course, 450 points. I think it's the lowest points um, tournament under GBHL. Um, what's, what have you noticed when people have been submitting their lists? What, what's the kind of trends? What are you seeing more of? I mean, there's not really a trend so far. I mean, if at 700 points, let's say, you have lots of armies like Isengard with lots of Uruk-hai and such hmm. 450 you don't see that so much because their basic troops are what 10, 11 points yeah. let's say um, so it adds up very quickly Saruman's very expensive so what you find is tends to be smaller more elite forces maybe or even you get Hobbit armies which yeah. you wouldn't see that often 700 points because at 450 you've still got 40, 50 models yeah. anyway nobody wants to paint uh, all those Hobbits for 700 no. do they? Um, and to this weekend we had two or three Eagle armies um, which you see at any points level, but they do quite well because their army is smaller. Mm. Um, we also had the. So good, a good buy from the wooden spoon winner. winner yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we also had some of the Bjornings turn up this year. Uh, this year. Uh, yeah. Obviously, only been out well, a couple of weeks, uh, well, a month and a bit. Yeah, so um, Jay Claire had uh, Grim Bjorn, Bjorn, and two Bjornings, and yeah, uh, Nick, Nick had a Bjorn and a load of Bjornings, and someone else had Grim Bjorn and a load of Bjornings. Yeah, like yeah. That. so they're obviously the bears of high power mm. uh, quite tough to kill and they're going to put out a lot of damage so again a more elite force yeah. but able to do high damage so yeah. you got you got to think more about the objectives at low points and how you're going to play the game rather than how you're just going to try and decimate the enemy because mm. uh, it's not always as uh as easy to predict that's going to happen. But it's interesting to see, you know, I, I mean, I know that Will and uh, Jay dominate the leagues generally, but uh, or whenever they play a tournament, they do pretty well. But it's interesting to see them again at the top of that podium with, with seven games, tournament points, smaller points limits, different armies completely, and, and yet they're still there. It, it is still down to skill, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a tactical war game. Mm. There's always going to be skill involved. I mean, uh, Alistair King, he won it last year. Mm. Um, I, th- I think he's come top 10 this year but he's definitely outside the podium mm. uh, different army um, in previous years we've had players of similar skill level to Jay and yeah. Will who haven't ranked in top 10 yeah. uh, they may have won they may not have done but I mean the great thing about Into the West um, yes our numbers dropped in the end from what we originally had so we were at 120 and mm. we dropped down to around the 90 mid 90s still big um, though yeah Covid's coming back and stuff so you can't help that mm. but we get loads of new players to the tournament scene loads of new players to the game first time um, attendees etc so we have a brilliant mix of skill levels at the event yeah it's fantastic well it was it was an incredibly well organised event we had little uh, next sort of uh, uh, what do you call them little uh, lanyards with uh, with the, the things on the, the, the timings on the food was all done really well the gaming centre is amazing it may be very hot in here the aircon seems to only work downstairs that's something I'd comment on for next year but other than that it's absolutely fantastic here it was it was a great venue and terrifically well organised so thanks for putting it on I mean the aircon works downstairs and upstairs but it's still it's on time it's either, either, either way I don't do anything with this place I yeah. just I just use the facilities they provide me and pay them for the privilege Um, but the terrain obviously I pitch in my bits here and there they have their own stores we work as a as a team I guess between myself and Laura and the venue to make sure we can put the boards out 
which have got a nice diverse variety across the whole range some more sparse some more like not cluttered but more busy yeah um, just to give different things different tactical there's some there's some great boards they're actually re really good it's, i haven't really commented on throughout the tournament but either way matt thank you very much uh, for the time i'm conscious uh, you've probably got to go home i'm going to get a long drive ahead but really appreciate you putting the tournament on. it was a cracking one yeah thank you very much and safe journey Cheers. matt king absolute gent uh, and a really cracking tournament I, I you know I, i've sort of said it in person to him there but it's a very very efficiently run tournament and um, so uh, kudos to matt and uh, and everyone, everyone else who was involved in organizing it it was very good uh, uh yeah so that was uh, matt really efficient tournament i like that there's lanyards uh, i like that there was uh, a sort of announcements and all, all these sorts of things uh, top top tournament uh, i can see why so many people go there year in year out uh, highly recommend it uh, if not for the uh, 450 points value that just makes it a bit interesting but it's efficient and everything ran perfectly to schedule which is very rare for an 80 person or 90 person or whatever it was tournament and um, with that in mind 90 people it's a big tournament 450 points uh, it's an unusual meta does that mean we're going to see some random unusual name that we've never heard of at the top of a tournament <laughs> of course not let's find out who the winner is Exactly. We come now to Journey's End, the end of the podcast, and uh, once more we have the winner of the tournament here. And once more, it seems a recurring thing that we either talk to you about being a tournament organiser or about being the champion of the tournament. It's Will Champion. Well done. Woo, 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 woo. I'm happy to be back. Oh, fantastic. It's always great to have you back because um, you, you, say, you say or you claim you've officially retired or you're not competing in the league or all these different things. And yet when you do turn up to events, you do do very well. What, what was the, the ingredient, the key ingredient this time? I just wanted it more, Harry. <laughs> uh, no, uh, to be honest, we, we chatted earlier. I wasn't even planning to be here this weekend. Um, it was just like a happy coincidence that I had holiday, I had a ticket, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go. Um, so I threw an army together. Turns out the army's really good. It's the uh, Dark Beings of Mirkwood, uh, the new one. Really good fun. Had some really tough games, some really close ones, um, and then had to play my wondrous teammate, Calamedans, um, back-to-back, round six and seven. And I was fortunate enough to take both of those. So, tough weekend. Um, I spend a lot of time making events now and running events and sort of being, being the guy behind the keyboard. So, it's, it's really nice to come and actually play an event, especially seeing so many new faces. Um, how I do well, I don't really know. I thought I was, I thought I was a husband. So, well, clearly not. Clearly not. I mean, so, so the the dark beings of uh, of Mirkwood. I, I think I guess at four fifty points that you you're probably fairly low on numbers. You got a spider queen, I guess. What what's the what's the makeup of the list? So originally I had like loads of spiders and loads of bats and I was like, this isn't really going to work, it's a bit swingy. Um, so the list that I finished on was Razgush and the Spider Queen, um, one bat, one spider, and then like a smattering of trackers, and then 20 orcs and a banner. So it was 29 models, like it was actually one of the higher lists this weekend. Did you get a captain or anything in there to make up the numbers? No, so I literally just had those two, but they're both heroes of Valor, mm -hmm. and in the Legion obviously they can take whatever they want. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. so you can have some orcs in the Spider Queen's warband. Exactly, yeah. Um, so the Spider Queen's obviously amazing yeah. she single-handedly won quite a few of the scenarios just because of what she can do and with the broodlings like the things that she can do nothing else in the game can um, I also didn't face any magic all weekend so like I'm counting my blessings in a lot of ways the matchups matter a lot um, so to have avoided anything that was like really bad for me was obviously great yeah I mean at 450 points there's not a lot of magic kicking about I didn't face any and I didn't see a lot of magic so and, and there's not a lot that can deal with the Spider Queen either I guess no, I'd, I'd definitely call it an educated guess. I'd, I'd assume that there wasn't going to be much magic, so you need something that can hit really hard, and you need numbers. 
Um, I knew that people would take the thing that could hit really hard and they may take numbers. Um, the Spider Queen can deal with both of those things, especially with the Bat Swarm flying around. Um, definitely won me a good few scenarios, just because even with Razgush, because Razgush is a bit of a beast anyway, um, and he's fight five. Him and the Bat Swarm normally means they can get the better of anyone. So having that, you've got two options of where the Bat needs to go for a turn, and it's resilient enough that it can always take a few wounds and then pivot back to the other one next turn and catch people out. What, what was the most tricky uh, game you played? I mean, I, I know you lost one. No, I don't think anyone won all of their seven games, did they? No, no. Um, so the game that I lost was Destroy the Supplies. Um, again. Which is actually quite a good one for you, isn't it? Because of the broodlings. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hoped it was going to be a dead sir. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, playing Sean Creed with his Lake Town. So we had 39 models. So quite a lot of models. Uh, Bard, the Master, Alfred and the girls. Uh, turn one, I destroyed one of his supplies. With the, the Spider Queen runs up, froze the broodlings. So I've got him on tilt a little bit. He was like, you know, I hadn't planned for that. That's a bit of a pain. But then the Spider Queen did nothing for the rest of the game. Um, so she heroic charged into two uh, Lake Towners, called a heroic combat, fa like failed to win. So like, a bit of a setback. I then had the oath or the secret mission for that one, which was to kill a hero with a brutal power attack. So she had to make a decision to come back for the heroes instead of going for the supplies. And then she called a heroic combat fighting the master, hoping to rend him to kill him and then go back and do a job. And she rolled like a three high. So the master won, despite the fact he's unarmed, and then wounded her to like, just turn the knife a little bit. Um, so that game sort of, it just didn't go my way. The dice didn't go my way. But then playing heirlooms against Callum, everything that could possibly go my way went my way. So the, like, it all comes full circle. It, it really does. So I, I, I guess I, with that in mind, at 450, do you think this is the, the winning army? Because it seems that the, there were so many different swirling uh, armies at the top that just seemed to pivot from one to the other. And uh, J. Claire had Grim Bayon, Bayon and two Bjornings. Like, would you have fared well against that? I mean, what, what is good at 450 points? Sure. I mean, having now played it, I would absolutely rate that at 450 mm -hmm. against the field. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain armies, like going like playing J is a big problem. I'd be more worried about playing J than playing the bears. But those bears could absolutely ruin my day because even the spider queen goes into them. She can't guarantee wounds because they're, you know, they're super furry or whatever. And they, like, they don't die. So like <laughs> nothing I have can deal with them quickly enough. So yeah, like scenario dependent. But what that list gave me was a way to win all 18 scenarios in, in some fashion. Um, and there wasn't really any matchups where I was like, okay, I... I can't win this but that could be you know i didn't play all 98 players or whatever so that there could have been something in there that which would have stumped me yeah well either way uh, another win it's a long drive back so I'm, I'm conscious that you and i should probably get in the drive but uh, congratulations on another tournament win will thank you very much i'll speak to you soon i'm sure we will will champion once more the winner of a tournament he he's regularly on the podcast because he organizes seventh city uh, collectibles tournaments which i go to a lot but actually doesn't get to many tournaments himself these days and yet when he turns up he absolutely smashes it. Um, he's he's done very well. Uh, I, I mentioned in that 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 Jay Clay also did very well. Uh, anyone who ever says to me that um, you need a good list to win a tournament, uh, I say shut up uh, and just be as good as Jay or Will Champion or uh, any of the top table players that regularly podium um, with you know a variety of different lists and. You, you know, you just, I just think you need, you need to just watch and learn and feel free to go back to the episode, uh, Top Table Tips, um, which is uh, one of my uh, more popular episodes, actually. Um, if you go back to that one, you can hear some of those direct tips some of these tips and tricks of the trade from some of the, uh, the pros like Will, um, just about the minutiae of the game. And I mean, I can't say it enough. The top table players aren't using the same uh, lists all the time. They're using 
very good skills that they've honed over a very long period of time. So well done to Will again, and I understand he's already been ouring me to uh, get a uh, get a ticket to my tournament in October, which may well come along soon because uh, there's there's some uh, more tickets being announced should be very soon i just there's one thing i need to sort out and uh, it's the the venue of the um that i'm hosting at the university they say we've got different tables for you this time this time i uh, hope that's okay i need to see these tables to make sure they're not like triangles or circles or something stupid and um, because otherwise we won't be able to have as many people um as i was hoping but as soon as i find out the size and shape of the tables that i'm being provided i should be able to add an extra 20 tickets to the tournament and there is a reserve list uh, with about 15 or somewhere between 15 and 20 people on it um, and i know as soon as i go through that list of reserves people either won't respond or they will um uh, they will uh, they will say they can't do it anymore. So um, if you're interested in coming to the tournament in the first weekend of October, get in touch um, and find it on the Great British Hobbit League event page. With that in mind, uh, final plug there, uh, we've got another tournament soon. Um, it's the, uh, I can't it's called, oh yeah, Whimsical One Dayer, um, which is great. Uh, they love this. This is Tim, uh, my uh, uh, friend and local tournament um, friend. He, uh, we sort of play lots of friendlies together. He's been on the podcast. We've done some, uh, lots of bits and bobs together. Together and he's organising a tournament here in Lincoln, one-day tournament, whimsical, uh, prizes for hats, prizes for the best Faramir, uh, prizes for other things. So you can count on me to get involved in that. So in the next episode, screw the Dragon Emperor, screw something um, you know competitive. I'm taking Faramir and a hat. Let's find out what happens in the next episode. Uh, thanks very much for listening to another Ent Move. Boo-a-rum. Boo-a-rum.